Three C's in a Pod, a weekly podcast from Provision Advisors. A look at the good, the bad, and the what could be better in the world of communication. Hello and welcome to Three C's in a Pod from Provision Advisors, where we give you insights and analysis on the day's hot topics and trends from a communications angle. Our objective today is to provide a bit of background and observation regarding the coronavirus as it takes over world headlines. We want to cover some of the good communications happening as media covers this virus from prevention, treatment, and outlook, as well as look at where truth and facts are being misreported and how this can affect markets both positively and negatively. Chris, let's begin. There's two things that I want to start off with and then jump into kind of some uh, three keys to think about as um, companies uh, communicate to their clientele and communicate to their internal workforce. First of all, understanding the media environment. Really for the first two or three weeks of this crisis, we saw a ambivalent and busy media environment here in the United States that didn't really pick up and pay a lot of attention to what was going on with the coronavirus. As John likes to talk about what the stories were in the evening news or what led the Today Show, uh, a good barometer for what's on the mainstream media's mind, coronavirus would have been uh, the third, fourth, or fifth story. That's all changed this week. And so you need to understand what that does to the psyche of both your clientele and your internal workforce. Um, In business, they talk a lot about consumer confidence. In HR, they talk a lot about workforce confidence. So the media environment is definitely going to play into that confidence. Um, It's not an exact science, as we know, but it often leads and drives um, other more mature models. Um, And so as you're starting to think about your timing and tactics, um, understanding how uh, that plays into the media environment, understanding where the news cycle is on a particular issue, uh, in this case, coronavirus, is very important. So those three tips that we are sharing with clients um, and that we would share with potential clients. uh, First off, make sure that your messaging is consistent and disciplined. You've really got to think about timing, frequency, the medium. And probably most importantly is you've got to anticipate questions and concerns from your clientele and from your workforce. Nothing is more disruptive to your messaging um, than to not anticipate or to not be ready for the questions that will come from the communication that you deliver. Second, make sure that that information is factual, that you are giving uh, good information. Even if you don't know, uh, make sure that you say that. And make sure that you're thinking through the arc of the crisis. So in this case, that you're, you're providing information on prevention, treatment, and outlook. And whether that outlook is uh, health um, or whether it's business outlook, you want to think through that. And know that the, your audience is going to start, they're going to think about how this affects them. They're going to think about things as mundane as travel, conferences. You want to make sure that you're sharing what information you know and don't know, and it's okay to update, but make sure that that information is factual. And then finally, you want to be candid and honest about the effects it will have on the business and the workforce. Um, There are definitely going to be um, negatives as with any crisis or with any health scare, but there also potentially could be um, positives um, or there could be additions of work. Make sure that you've thought that through and you're, um, you're communicating that. And we've seen that just this week as, uh, as the market sold off uh, quite a bit of, uh, of stock 
um, amidst scares and amidst uncertainty. But even among that sell-off, there were uh, clear, I hate to say it, but clear winners. Uh, when you look at companies like Clorox and the, uh, the platform Zoom, which we are using to tape this podcast, those stocks were up because um, from a disinfectant standpoint, Clorox is, uh, is going to be used to uh, combat the virus. Uh, and for Zoom, as people start to travel less, they're going to that platform and using it again like we are. Uh, to stay in touch and communicate and do business. So those are the three tips that we would give people. I know you guys have a, a lot more experience dealing directly with uh, the medicine and the people side of health crisis. I, I'd be interested to hear uh, your take and your experiences on this subject. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I'll, uh, I'll jump on that first. And I can tell you that the three pieces that you noted there are critical for success in any uh, public relations response to uh, this kind of an outbreak or sickness or something that makes people wonder about, you know, number one in their life. My experience is my time at the U.S. Naval Academy, um, and, and granted, things that are happening on a college campus are not on the level of what uh, coronavirus is right now, but as a communicator and as a leader of a business, you do have to consider your area of responsibility, the world. Um, you, have to, you have to consider that as your universe and, and the people residing in that universe need that messaging uh, that you were talking about, Chris. So, you know, the two biggest ones that came upon me at the Naval Academy um, and happened on every college campus was bed bugs and uh, norovirus. The other virus, quote unquote, notably discussed and, and happening on cruise ships and things of that nature and it happens on college campuses. And, and I can tell you, the messaging that you do to your audiences, you have to understand how unique those audiences are and how important it is for you to get the right information to the right people. Uh, the example I'll use is, you know, we, we had a very big norovirus outbreak when I was at the Naval Academy and three or four incidents of bed bugs. When those were happening, you had to consider the student body who all lives together in one building. This isn't, the Naval Academy isn't like other college campuses where you have several places where students live, they all live in one big Petri dish of a building in Bancroft Hall. So you have to communicate to them because they're alarmed, they're sick, they're the affected. Uh, then you have to communicate to the academic community how this is going to affect operations. Again, one of those points that you brought up, Chris. And then for us, a really big consideration was always parents uh, and alumni. Uh, communicating to them uh, that, that we had it under control, that the mission of the Naval Academy would continue, that we were empathetically approaching this situation. Um, and so, yeah, I, I used your three points there several times as we try to combat those issues. I was, I was struck, and I'll finish with this, I was struck how it could potentially turn into something bad for your brand, um, you know, as it's turning bad for a lot of brands right now with coronavirus. But last year, the University of Maryland lost a student to norovirus. And they were flambe. They, they had a very difficult public relations time of it, you know, including getting called out by Governor Hogan for possibly not making this, the right response for a delay in information to the community. And the University of Maryland was eventually exonerated of any wrongdoing. They, they, they handled this norovirus death by the book, by the letter, and they did it well. The problem was they really didn't communicate very well at the beginning, and thus they had to kind of play from behind and, and re, reshape and, and re, um, 
endorse their brands, so to speak, and, and protect their brands' power because it had taken a very serious hit to the point where even the governor of Maryland was calling them out. So communicating at times of health crises like these, like this right now, is, is truly critical. And, and those three points, that's the road to success for a lot of people. And I will say one of the things that's interesting uh, to watch from a communication standpoint uh, and something that I think a lot of people are, are definitely paying attention to now is watching the arc of, of how this story you know, begins, how it starts showing up in the news, and at what point people start to pay attention and just watching that momentum build. It's no secret, both of you know, um, and, and John uh, just a, a little inside information here. I replaced you uh, at the Navy's Bureau of Medicine and Surgery. And I hit, uh, I hit that command at a time when uh, I had to face uh, the tsunami uh, that occurred in Asia back in 2000. That was 2004. Let me step back a little bit because at my previous command, I was faced with uh, the SARS virus uh, in responding to it, the severe acute respiratory syndrome. That was back in 2002. Uh, when I was out in San Diego, and we had two trainees that showed up to SEAL training uh, that were coming from uh, coming from Asia, coming from Thailand specifically, and we as a command, it was all of a sudden, at no point had any communication come down as to how we were to handle this. So once these trainees showed up at our doorstep, we had the commanding officer looking to say, "Hey, how do we handle this? What's the what's the right way?" Uh, these gentlemen showed up here. Can we can we put them into the training cycle? Uh, are we exposing ourselves to a potentially deadly virus here? So we had to, you know, speed up uh, uh, our um, our understanding uh, of what the SARS virus SARS virus was about and how to get them uh, how to get them uh, treated uh, to understand, you know, if look, do they do they have it? Uh, could they be a carrier? How long is the incubation period? And then let me go back to the tsunami uh, response back in 2004. And look, with humanitarian aid and disaster relief efforts, it was uh, incumbent upon uh, the, the United States government D with, uh, with DOD to send a preventive medicine unit. There was a, a PrevMed unit out of Hawaii uh, that I uh, accompanied over to Indonesia. Uh, we stopped in Utapau, Thailand. And these were, these were doctors, these were nurses, these were corpsmen going over to get water samples, look at the environment, and, and actually attest to whether or not this was a safe environment uh, to, to make sure our troops, when they went over there to provide aid, uh, were going to be able to deal with whatever was potentially in the air, whatever uh, exposure that would come from, uh, quite frankly, dead bodies that had been sitting um, out for, for days and weeks uh, at that point. So there is a lot of uh, background uh, that people do not see. Um, and that doesn't mean that necessarily, um, you know, our government officials are, uh, are always uh, at the forefront uh, in terms of a response. There's a bit of catch up uh, that they have to do as well in terms of trying to get their arms around. How are we going to respond to this virus? Um, what is the testing that we need to do so we don't uh, expose our, our men and women to a potentially deadly virus. Uh, so there is, there's a communication point that we put out to the public. There's also a communication point, and we talk about this, that goes back internally so that we can speak effectively uh, to our internal audience. So again, I go back to that arc uh, where people finally, you know, I think in the beginning, and maybe this is just, you know, Bashan Mann, uh, my, my, my opinion, 
in the beginning you get this well it's over it's in japan uh you know it's so far far away from from you know the beltway uh and we don't have to be concerned and you know that was two weeks ago and now if you ask people you know from coast to coast hey wait a second this is real and i have to pay attention and it's affecting everyone chris i'd be interested in your evaluation as we finish off here talking about messaging talking about truth talking about um you know how the highest levels of our government are reacting to this, certainly there's been a lot of rhetoric from the commander in chief about what coronavirus is and is not, about how much of a risk it is to Americans, how much it is not. And, you know, that there certainly seems to be a break in, in the messaging um, on the highest levels of the executive in terms of what he is saying and how he's blaming it now on people. And I'm interested in how this particular issue is getting weaponized by the government in order to attach blame to the resultant uh, stock market drops. Because, you know, here's President Trump saying that it's not a big deal. And then his, you know, his uh, Center for Dis Disease Control guy steps up and basically says, yeah, this is a huge concern. Um, it just a lot of, a lot of inconsistency in messaging. I, I, I just want to make sure I'm not the only one seeing it. I think we are certainly seeing it from where we are. And I think it, unfortunately, it's a, it, it is a great example for businesses um, to watch and learn from. If you go through the three points that I talked about, consistent discipline messaging, factual information, and candid and honest about effects, I think you'll see that the government um, doesn't have it right currently. And you can see not only what that is doing to government efforts to get after the problem, but as you alluded to, and as we talked about, you can see what it's doing to consumer and workforce confidence. So learn in real time from the confusion that is occurring at the highest levels of the government. And whether you have a five person small business or you have a 5,000 person you know, Fortune 100 company, don't make those mistakes. Take this opportunity and communicate effectively. Recognize that communication is the foundation on which you're going to build your response to corona or any other crisis and make sure that you think about the audiences that you regularly engage with, how they may be reacting to um, external information, internal information, whether it's correct or incorrect, and, and follow those three points so that you can be a credible source of information and source of support as, as we work through this crisis and don't add to that confusion um, and that drop in consumer or workforce confidence. Great points, gentlemen. Really appreciate it. Folks, we want to thank you for listening today. And if you find yourself looking for more information on what we've discussed here today, as your company or organization considers how to approach your communication efforts on this virus, feel free to reach out to us at provisionadvisors.net. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Three C's in a Pod. Have a great week.